Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome back to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week, this month, any unit of time really. It's brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. So, you may have noticed that uh, This Week in Nerd News has been on a very unplanned extended hiatus. And that's because uh, during the summer, our broadcasting network, Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network, creative name I know, um, it took some steps to prepare for an expansion of our original programming. We're not at liberty to discuss those just yet, but we have more podcasts down the line that we're very excited for you to hear. However, that also meant that there was a lot of back-end logistics that we needed to sort out, which ended up taking a lot more effort and a lot more time than expected, so hence... There was a hiatus, but we're back now. And it's really the perfect time to come back because it's spooky season right now. And we're also starting... I'm not sure that drum roll got caught on the microphone, but we will pretend that it did. Uh, we're starting a fifth year of podcasting, and there was no better time to make the return of all three of us uh, during this monumental occasion. This is our fourth year anniversary and the, the start of year five. And so much has happened. Uh, the writer strike is over. The SAG after strike is in the midst of a reopened negotiation. There's so much content we've done, and there's so much content that we will cover in the future. But it's just good to be back with Keith and Victoria. Couldn't have said it better myself, friend. Uh, agreed. I am slightly... So I got a new job, which is much more... I get to deal with the public in a different way than I used to. So that has been good. Um, But I don't get to do this kind of conversation uh, where it's just like nerding out and having fun. I don't get to do that very often. Uh, So I really appreciate having an outlet for that and being with y'all. And also, so this is our four-year anniversary as a podcast, but... As we're recording this, next week is also my five-year anniversary with Black Nerd Problems. So, Woo! We couldn't have timed it any better. <laughs> my first article was December 2017. I got invited to the Slack November 2017, I believe. Wait. It's been a time. Hold on. I just did math wrong. Because <laughs> 2017 to 2023 is six years, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Three. Yep. Mm-hmm. Six years. So I must have come on board just like a month before you, Mikkel. That sounds right. September 27th, 2014. Ooh, oh, wow. look at you. Ooh. Almost 10 years, Keith. Yeah. Whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm an OG out here. Didn't even realize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, oh yeah, I got a new job too. And I get to work from home every day, which I personally love. It's made me ridiculously happy. You know, you, we were talking before the show about something else, and I think this is a good segue to talk about what we did over the summer in terms of nerd content, and what better way to segue awkwardly or very professionally, depending on your point of view, than talking about Boulder's Gate 3. Yes! 
This game doesn't need any introductions at this point. I It was pretty much lauded on release and lauded again when it got re-released on the PlayStation 5. And when Keith picked it up, I also picked it up on the Steam Deck. It came at the great time because the Destiny 2 content was like in a lull and I, I needed something to capture my attention. And oh boy, Boulder's Gate Free definitely, definitely did that. Imagine if if they made D&D into a video game and then they managed to account for everything that a DM would actually have to account for. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a technological marvel. It's a very fun game. I have like 30 some hours, 20 of which are like actually documented in the game file because they're about 10 hours of either save scumming or exploring alternative realities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As we like to call it. But yeah, I just started uh, Act Two with my Oathbreaker Paladin Dwarf. It has been it's been an adventure. It's been it's been a lot. It's been a lot of fun too. So I know Keith's been playing as well on several save files. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as of now, there are a total of four save files on my console, three of which are mine. My main solo campaign is the one where I basically just took my most ongoing D&D character and put them into Baldur's Gate 3. And that would be my ranger druid half wood elf named Os, or Osminar, the longer version, Os for short. And that's been very fun, um, just doing all kind of stuff there. I also, with my girlfriend, we have, I have an Oath of Vengeance Paladin Dragonborn named Taldra, which you may recognize <laughs> if you listen to a Midsummer Night stream, which we played on Twitch this past summer as well. So I'm basically just taking that character and just put him in the Baldur's Gate universe, which is fun. And lastly, me and a couple friends of mine who, they're coming at it from much more of a video game, first person shooter and all that kind of stuff perspective. And I'm coming at it from much more from a D&D perspective, which is creating a lot of interesting and interactions for sure but um in that save i have a druid halfling that i'm forgetting the name of because i have not played that in a couple of weeks but yes i've been playing a lot of Baldur's gate and if you could imagine me being the person that i am the self-proclaimed gryffindor but alleged hufflepuff i'm playing a lot of like good oriented characters which gives you a very different person like that's the best thing about this game right like no two playthroughs are exactly alike because there are so many factors at play that can change things and it's wonderful but can also be quite frustrating because as a matter of fact there are consequences to your actions in this game and I recently took a break for the past couple of days because I got upset that there was some negative consequences to me doing something in the wrong order and set not saving the game before I realized that I did it in the wrong order so now I just gotta stick with it but the, the pain's going away, so I'll probably back into it again soon. <laughs> but yes, Baldur's Gate 3 is amazing. Can I just say that there are, in fact, consequences to your actions in all things? Not just Baldur's Gate, but all also things. in your D&D games, too. E- everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, that's kind of, one of, that's kind of a universal truth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm a little mm-hmm. bit. A little, little bit. Um, oh. I, get to, I get to, like, backseat drive play. Baldur's Gate, which is probably good. Um, as a Libra, I am incredibly indecisive, and the amount of decisions that uh, need to be made in this game are huge. So I get to watch all of the gameplay, judge someone else's decisions, which I also enjoy thoroughly, um, <laughs> get incredibly offended when animals are injured in, a, in things that I feel are unnecessary, um, sometimes they're not unnecessary. Like, I get it. The owlbears are dangerous. 
but also they're really cute and there is a way that you don't have to fight them anyway it's fine um, did you know that every single animal in Baldur's Gate Free has yeah. unique dialogue if you talk yes. to it? Yes, yes, I know. And I am very, I was very upset. I knew that my partner was not going to play a druid because that's just <laughs> not who he is. But I have influenced enough that we always have um, speak with animals as a potion prepared. <laughs> just always. Fantastic. And I am, as Keith mentioned about like saving at proper times, that is also, if you don't have a backseat game driver, I can attest that being like, hey, the music changed. Do you think you should save your game right now? That is a service that I provide as a backseat game driver. That's a good service. The game's (laughs) autosave feature is not intuitive and when Mm -hmm. it rocks. Hence why there are 10 hours that are not documented on the save file. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure. There's so many things there that can happen. And that just reminds me, Victoria. So, like, I don't know if you're aware, but I've played online with your partner once. Oh, yeah. And I've played online with a few different people now. And one thing that I'm learning is that much unless like and there are like as much of this game definitely is D thrown on a console and it's amazing there are also some things that actual D D like tabletop virtual or in person allows you that playing a video game doesn't quite for mm-hmm. example there is so many things you could possibly do in this game versus in D it's like easier in my opinion to kind of stay focused on task and everything like there's so much loot everywhere there's so many people to talk to there are so many places to go it is really fun seeing people's different approaches and how they prioritize those things for example personally in my solo game already already on level 12 and then like towards the end of act three versus i feel like your partner if i had to guess they're probably like level seven ish about now <laughs> oh red yes i mean that's not about that's not shade at all it's just like mm-hmm. different approaches i will say one yeah. time we were playing he stopped and went like keep this is how you always play i'm like <laughs> i guess Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the difference of being able to see the map, right? Or even like how much of the map is blacked out. I feel like that is the difference. Um, Because depending on like we play D&D virtually. And so it's like we, we only tend to have maps when we're actively in a dungeon. And so I don't think we really know how much of the world is out there. And so that that really does give you a kind of forced tunnel vision. Whereas like when you can just like pop into the map feature and be like, ooh, what's over here? What's <laughs> right, this? Like a whole unexplored area. What's that mm-hmm. direction? Yep. <laughs> That's a great point. But yes, Baldur's Gate is amazing. In terms of non-D&D things and non-Baldur's Gate things that I've been doing during this hiatus, um, I've been watching Orphan Black for the first time on AMC+. Um, just because that was a gap in my my historical TV resume that I wanted to fix. So between that, uh, I picked up Peacock, sorry, Peacocks, The Irrational with Joe Morton, because I guess I needed more procedurals in my life, as well as uh, Found, which is a cross between Scandal Missing Persons Unit and Hannibal Lecter. I'm not sure how we got there, but we did. And I'm not sure it's good, but I'm watching it. And then also just generically enjoying all of the Gordon Ramsay Media Empire uh, Kitchen Nightmares is back, Hell's Kitchen is back, it's all good. 
And the most recent thing that I watched, and the one I want to empathetically recommend to everyone listening and to my two co-hosts, is Fright Crew on Hulu and Peacock. Um, it's by Eli Roth, which is a extraordinarily weird sentence, but it is one of the best animated series I've seen this year. Um, it's about a ragtag bunch of teenagers who get powers from the Loa to fight off a demon Ooh. in New Orleans, and it's it's really good. It's okay. really good. You said a lot of words there that I like. Yeah, that sounds great. What have you all been doing media-wise these past couple months? Man, um, mostly for me, a lot of real-life stuff. Um, As I mentioned before, I moved across the country, so I'm kind of settling into a new apartment, a new job, a new relationship, lots of new stuff, um, and and also just kind of figuring out who I am at this stage in my life. Um, it, it is somehow getting nerdier, which I didn't think <laughs> was possible, but apparently that, that is a direction and we're headed that way. I, because of all of the strikes, I feel like there has been a tendency to wade even deeper into, you know, the, the streaming libraries and to find other things. Um, and so I was watching a lot of Turkish content for a while. Um, okay. Which it was is actually really good. Um, and most of it is dubbed, which is good. Uh, I was really there was one called Hot Skull that was about a a pandemic, but it was like a vocal pandemic. Like, the speaking is how you caught the thing. Um, and it was a really interesting concept, and I was very sad that it didn't get renewed. And I, like, went online to be like, are other people raging about this? And then it's like, they were, like, two years ago. <laughs> very late to this. Um, so, yeah, I found a lot of different content uh, from different countries, which I always find enjoyable. Um, the usual baking-related content, we had... We have new Bake Off that's starting right now, but also uh, Bake Off the Professionals was a couple of months ago, so going through that. And doing stuff in real life, um, reading real books, uh, cough, cough, promoting that self-same metal for our friend <laughs> Brittany, um, and actual comics from actual comic book stores and zines. I was able to participate in my first ever zine fest, so that was really fun. And then lots of D&D stuff, so playing D&D, I got to DM for the first time, but also just falling into the rabbit hole that is Dimension 20. (laughs) (laughs) All of their different seasons, so yeah, that's kind of been what I've been doing. How about you, Keith? First up, a lot of anime and anime adjacent kind of things. So off the top, I just feel like we need to take a moment to talk about how good the One Piece live action adaptation mm-hmm. on Netflix is. Like, 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 a part of me wants to say that it has no reason to be that good, but I mean it does, and it because it is that good. But like, when it comes to the casting, when it comes to the changes that it made from the source material, which I think personally is a good thing given that it first came out like 20 years ago, so we get the benefit of that wonderful hindsight. The fact that they have Oda involved deeply in the process to make sure the soul of the story is still there and everything. Like, Buggy stole the show for no reason. And like, I, there are so many moments I want to watch from that show. So that's one thing I've been doing. I've also been catching up on Blue Lock manga. Like, that's become one of my favorite, like, anime 
in the world since the first season came out last year. I've written a couple articles about it for Crunchyroll at this point in time and quizzes and stuff like that. Um, but also, like, just I can't look away. It's wild that, like, you'll read one chapter and the whole chapter will be about, like, two passes. But, like, it keeps you invested the entire way through. And lastly, I am finally catching up on Spy Family. Yes, the X is silent. And no, it really no, is. No, it it truly is. It is Spy Family, that friend. That's the show jump app is Spy X Family. Very explicitly with the X there. Right, because the X is a choice. But anyway, <laughs> it's a perfect balance of adorable action and so many things. Like, I love this family. Like, yeah, like, I love this family so much for a variety of reasons and how everyone's evolving over time and stuff like that. I'm currently at the end of season two. And I've got a couple other ones that I've watched that I'm blanking on right now. Like one season out right now. It's the second, part, the second part of season oh. one. My ba- oh, they yeah, got released in two different like batches: the first half of season one and the second half of season one. Yeah, uh, remember Curse? Yeah. So yeah. season oh. two I think season comes two out. Just came out, or is coming? Yeah, out I think it comes out in October sometime. It might be out right now. Because I think it like that, I think the first episode either has come out or is starting to. Because I've seen press about that. Thank you for the correction, friends. Because I definitely just kind of assumed that was season two, but that's how anime <laughs> works these days. <laughs> and um lastly as you know this is my journey that i've been tracking here on this podcast i finally finished the heroes of olympus series which is the sequel to rick riordan's percy jackson series and that and i finished that just in time so that i'm currently reading percy jackson and Childs of the gods which is a new percy jackson book that picks up at the end of the first series and as of now is going to be the first of at least two but probably more and it seems like i'm enjoying it for sure it definitely feels a bit on the shorter end so far but we're getting more books anyway and it's like it's new percy jackson content so i'm all here for it so thank you again to victoria and everyone else out there who is nudging me to get involved in the percy jackson universe because it's been a wonderful ride and i'm glad that it's still going mm-hmm. i'm excited for you to branch out into the Rick Riordan Presents series. Like, once you get through all your Percy Jackson to to branch out into the others, it's going to be great. I know it will, but it also feels kind of overwhelming. I'm like, this <laughs> Like, it was already a challenge to get through 11. Who wants me to watch all of Doctor Who, so. Yeah. Not all of, and just all of the new version. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We'll, just starting we'll, we'll from 9. You know. Starting from Eccleston. I'm about to have you go back to like the old like PBS <laughs> okay. versions where they had like Daleks with just like a plunger on a box. So so before we talk about the, the new Doctor Who, which we will talk about very shortly, I just wanna I just wanna give a, a very brief like uh one piece like live action expectation thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the last the last series that Netflix tried to adapt to live action was <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't talk about that for a good reason. And then they go to to this beautiful rendition of One Piece. Yep. And and the best analogy I have for this is that this is the equivalent of like Sony animations going from the Emoji movie where Patrick Stewart played a literal piece of poop to the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. Like that that's the pivot. That's that's the jump. So like I don't know. I this I guess this is what happens when you get people who love the material and listen to the creator. Um, but like what? It, it is impressive. What's this concept you're talking about? I didn't know you could do that. It's wild, right? Like, <laughs> you could listen to the source material. It's 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 a whole new concept. Crazy. What will happen next? Speaking of whole new concepts, should we take a break and then come back with what we're gonna do next? I think so. I think we've been talking for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
we're back and we're gonna do a triple speed round, kind of, maybe, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little about it, but like, there's so much content still left in the last three months of this, oh god, it's October, oh god, this, mm-hmm. okay, so we're, we're gonna stay on track, we're gonna try to make sure we don't give our editor too much stuff to edit on our first episode back, so, uh, list of things I'm excited about in the coming weeks, months, and other units of time. Uh, this Saturday, October 15th, is going to be the St. Louis Independent Comics Expo, um, which is uh, headed up by a bunch of wonderful St. Louis organizers, including Steens, a local cartoonist, legend, and president of comics. I'm very excited to be volunteering and also just existing in that space. Lots of good lectures, lots of good vendors. Uh, they're going to have a screen printing station and you can make your own tote bags. It's, it's a very cool event. Very excited about that. And between the Barbie movie and the final season of Sex Education, I'm just really excited for the new Doctor Who because uh, Nukti Gadwa is just a phenomenal actor. And I'm he was fantastic. And I'm very excited to see what he does with this very, very weird legacy character. And it's probably going to be how, how Victoria and Keith get me to watch from season 9 onward. I, I concede. Mm-hmm. I've conceded. We can stop now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, Victoria got me to read Percy Jackson. We got you to watch Doc or commit to watching Doctor Who. Now we need to figure out what we're going to get Victoria to do. I mean, Victoria's really busy. Like, we'll, we'll work on finding out when her birthday is. Um. <laughs> yes, that's our goal. Find out when Victoria's birthday is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just but like in the ballpark, I'll settle for like a season at this point. Anyways, uh, staying on track. It's spooky season. You know that. Yeah, just all of spooky season. That that that's fine. I mean, I already told you my sign, which would that have which narrows you down to a month. So that is true. Month and a half. <laughs> and then just quickly rounding off the list, um, the Marvels comes out uh, next month, almost exactly. It looks fun. It looks good. I I just I, I want Amon Valali to have a good time. Um, and then there's always going to be new Destiny content for me, and I'm always excited about that. Um, because no matter what other games I'm playing, I will come back to Destiny every single time. My question for you, Keith. Does Doctor Who have a, a like, year season for you? So, like, we've talked about this with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it Halloween or Christmas? I have a season that I always feel Doctor Who fits into, but what about you? Oh, I mean, given that they always have that holiday special, I feel like Doctor Who is meant to be binged like in November, December. Yeah, it's Christmas season, right? It's definitely yes, winter holiday season. Okay, all right. Yes. So and maybe I'm some January too on the back end, yeah. but like that is the yeah, prime yeah, Doctor yeah. Who binging time. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I'm also looking forward to Doctor Who uh, introducing multiple uh, friends to that this year, hopefully. Um, but before that, it's spooky season, which is amazing. Uh, Castlevania Nocturne is out right now, and I feel like a lot of my peeps are binging that, and for good reason. Uh, I also always try and knock out some cult classics every year, uh, because I was both very easily scared when I was younger and also not allowed to watch a lot of things. If you've been here for a while, you know this. So like maybe Beetlejuice this year. I've never actually watched Beetlejuice and that feels like a spooky season oh, thing that I need. So we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last year was Hocus Pocus. So, you know, we're getting there. Um, 
got a couple of in-person things going to the Renaissance Fair uh, in a couple of weeks, which I absolutely love to do and haven't done in many, many years since I've been living in the desert and I'm not in the desert anymore. And so I'm going to the Renaissance Fair and theoretically making my own costume. Is that what I'm doing as soon as we get off this podcast? Absolutely. Uh, And then November is National Novel Writing Month. So I'm going to be hosting some write-ins at the bookstore cafe that I work at. So I don't know if you are around Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and you want to come right, we can absolutely start our NaNoWriMo off right. And then a potential rabbit hole. I haven't decided yet. It's been in my cart. I haven't actually bought it, but Assassin's Creed Mirage came out five days ago. Uh, It is very tempting. Do I think, do I think that they are going to get the... (laughs) The balance right of cultural appreciation, not appropriation? No. No, I don't. But that also <laughs> might be entertaining. So we'll see. We'll see. But it's it's a potential rabbit hole that I am circling around. All right, Keith. We're, we're running out of time, so I need you to close us out. That's why I'm glad I only got one thing. So that's good timing. (laughs) So in my case, I am looking forward to a number of things. But the number one thing on my list is Marvel Spider-Man 2 game that's coming out on October 20th on PlayStation 5. Just in case you're not aware of why this game is such a big deal, this is actually the third game in the series because Marvel Spider-Man and then they have Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, which came out with a much shorter game. But this one is cool because you get to play interchangeably either as Peter Parker, who does have the black suit with the symbiote in this version or miles morales who now has web wings that allow him to glide long distances across when let's be honest one of the best things about this game and most underrated things is just the web slinging and being able to just enjoy flying around new york city and seeing what you can find and discover in between buildings and on top of them and stuff like that which also brings up the fact that they have an expanded map in this game which means that now you'll be able to actually go and visit places like brooklyn and queens and i think coney island as well as some place you can actually get to instead of just being stuck on the island and they're introducing new villains in this game the ones that they're producing the ones that, excuse me the ones that they're advertising so far include venom obviously black suit spidey that ties in but also we're going to get appearances from craven the hunter and the lizard aka doc connors so it's going to be a lot of stuff both these games so far have been absolute hits and fantastic playthrough experiences i do not doubt that this one will be very much the same so that's going to be a lot of fun and when does that come out october 20th And if you want more from the Black Nerd Problems News Network, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That was the return of This Week in Nerd News. Our next episode will come out much sooner than this one did, I promise. Tune in next time for more pop culture. I am your host, Nicole Snyder. I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Peace.